1: erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
2: This week's episode of Please Advise is brought to you by Loot Crate. Are you looking for the best geek gear, houseware, and collectibles for this holiday season? Maybe not for yourself, but for the geek in your life? Look no further than Loot Crate. Loot Crate offers a range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. And this month's theme is Revolution! Fight the power with December's crate, featuring items from Assassin's Creed, Mr. Robot, Firefly, and more. You've got until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific, that's just in time to get it out for the holidays, to subscribe and receive that month's crate. But when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Make sure you go to m o l l s to save $2 on any new subscription today. Hey guys, it's episode 115 of Please Advise, Christina Lopez. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, I'm really excited because one of my favorite people is here, Jason Shapiro.
3: Hi.
2: What's up? How are you? I'm
3: good. Just Thanks came for back me. from Joshi. Just came back from Joshi Tree. Had a great time. Uh, really just soaked up the nature, soaked yep. up friendship. Yeah. Made some new friends. Hung out with some old friends. Love that. Yeah, it's what Joshua Tree's all about.
2: It is. It really is. I went to Joshua. It's also good for like a like a little bit of like a solo, like a Mm -hmm. like a one man on a mission thing. I do a lot of that. I drive out a lot solo. Sorry,
4: Wags is just push like putting a plush pig right in Jason's crotch. Yeah,
3: he's giving me a funny look. He's
4: Wags. (laughs)
3: Wags, come He's on, like buddy! shoving
4: it into Oh, his Jason's tail
2: is—I'm sorry. His tail is on fire right now. He is wagging.
3: He's got to be a good trip companion, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Wags, you're such a silly boy. Um, okay. I almost did a
3: solo trip once. I can I tell you about it real quick? Mm-hmm. I bought a plane ticket to Japan,
2: and Whoa. it was leaving
3: the next week. And I started to plan this Japan trip for myself, and then I got too scared and I returned the ticket.
2: I have to say that one one of the few places I'm nervous to travel alone for some reason is Asia. Yeah. Because even though I know they speak English for the most part, it's just so foreign to me. Yeah. Like I can almost deal with going to Africa alone more than I can deal with Asia because it's so overwhelming. And like, that's also a really intense first trip alone. I had, I had done like a couple of... Solo weekends at the Ace and stuff like that before I went to Europe alone, which you know, like by the way, do that at some point in your oh, life. Do, I'm going like, to. You know, yeah. Japan is pretty hardcore. Like that's like trying to just run a triathlon without, or you know, do a triathlon without training. It's like very, it's yeah. very intense.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, di- I wasn't too scared to go to Japan by myself. It was more I chickened out with. Um, planning a trip across the world in one week. I was just like, I can't plan this adequately in a week. Yeah. So I've got to postpone.
2: But my Airbnb dream list is a really important thing to me. Like it's very important. And there's um a place in Thailand that you can get for $86 a night. That's basically a fucking mansion with a beautiful garden and pools and fountains and it's $86 a night. And I'm like I wouldn't even need to leave the house. Like I would just like chill in Thailand like at this amazing place. Um uh, yeah. yeah. So I I've thought about doing that before too, but I've been uh, blowing it on domestic travel. I've been doing all this domestic travel lately. I'm going to Austin next weekend, which I'm really excited about. Oh yeah. Uh, Weird. It will have... This will be... I, the trip would have happened by the time this airs, but we're, we have done or will do a meetup um, in Austin at this place, Kitty Cohen's. It's going to be really fun, I think, because there's a lot of please advise people in... Austin. So yeah. it's cool. And Houston is only a two hour drive. So
3: So that will have happened by the time. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming out, everybody. Thanks we, for had a coming great out.
2: Time. we had a great time. Gina, you were great
3: you were so out. weird. Oh Love Frank you, Gina. got too drunk.
2: Frank got way too drunk. Yeah. I think Tri- Frank was drinking pretty heavily before he came. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad I think- that we called him an Uber. That was yeah, like that, that was nice of us. Actually, no, this is fucking nuts there's no Uber in Austin anymore, which is crazy because, or Lyft, which is crazy because it's one of the most techie cities in our country. Um, There's so many startups in Austin. And the reason why is because Austin wanted Uber and Lyft to fingerprint all their drivers so that they would have fingerprints. And to be honest with you, I don't see why, they they, they absolutely should do that. They absolutely should do that. If you are responsible for someone's life- you should be fingerprinted the same way if you if you own a gun you get fingerprinted and i um i guess uber and lyft were like fuck no we're not doing that and now they're starting to regret it because they're losing more and more cities houston is about to pass the same law there's other cities that are considering it but you know, they have so many issues with safety that are active. They're in the news. You hear them. I mean, for a really long time, I think we were like, who's going to be the first like Uber rapist? You know what I mean? Because we all knew there was going to be one. And now that they have so many people that have been in the news for situations like this, they should be be fingerprinted if they're an employee that comes through an app. Absolutely. Your
3: life is in their hands. And especially when parents will get Uber for their kids. Uh-huh. Like, I know that's happening oh, a lot of yeah. the time. And so, yeah, you just got to be safe. And so Uber, yeah,
2: Lyft.
4: I mean, I think they get around that kind of loophole because their their drivers aren't technically employees.
2: Oh uh, Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Tr-
3: partners. Yeah. But- I,
2: I know. And, and and it definitely is. But, like, I almost wonder to myself, why wouldn't they want to yeah. do that? It's it What would, are you hiding? It would cut back on so much of what they're doing. And I think maybe they maybe they don't want to – deny felons a job yeah maybe they don't want to do that but it's like i don't think that they wouldn't hire the person if they're a felon they would just be the benefit of their prints being in the system or something okay. well their prints yeah. are probably already in the system if that's the case but
3: well uber and lyft i'm not trying to drag you through the mud i'm not trying to call you out too hard but finger those drivers
2: finger them dude just yeah finger it up
3: yeah you got to get those drivers them. fingered we got to get their fingers in the system blast and them. yeah blast them
2: just, just finger blast. Okay, cool. Well, you guys, um, Jace, what, what else is new in your life? Do you have three reasons why you're qualified to give advice today?
3: Yes. Um, what's new in my life? Um, I haven't seen Arrival yet, and that's kind of top of mind. Want to see Arrival? What's that? Uh, it's a movie about aliens with Amy Adams. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I forget the director's name. It's Denny. Denny. Something okay, and he, he made uh Sicario okay and Prisoners, so okay. great director. Um, I hear it's a great movie. Um, would like to see it, just haven't had the time yet. So, so that's a
2: reason why you're qualified to give it. A no, vote.
3: that's just what's new in my oh, life. Oh, okay. that's what's new in my life. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Um, it's screener season, which is really exciting, but that said. I do not understand it. I don't know. The Meddler came, but then like two other movies came and I don't know what the fuck they are. Like never heard of them, never seen them. Unclear the on Meddler, why they are. The Meddler, what is that? The Meddler is really good. Okay. It's um written by Lorene Scafaria. It's Susan Sarandon and um, Rose Byrne. And it's basically, um it's so cool. They shot, the- Lorreen directed the movie as well and they shot it. I asked her, I DM'd her because I was like, dude, is that your house? They've, but they've shot the movie in her old house. So it was like wild. And it's basically based on her life. And, um, it's, it's a really endearing movie. Like I suggest every mother and daughter watch it. I think that it's, it's like just such a good character driven movie and such like a really good dynamic. And I, there was a scene that I like really, really related to. And, um, when I was asking Lorene, I was like, what was the scene? I forget. I don't want to spoil the movie for you guys, but it's Rose Byrne is having like a meltdown on her mom about something. And um, there was a line in it that I just was like, yeah, like that summarizes my entire plight as a human being as like being like a woman who's a writer who's like, you know, like has to be family orient like has to have family in their life but also like wants to find love and like wants to have options and wants to you know like it's just it was everything because like it is it's a complicated business to be in it's a complicated world it's it's a strange city and like she just nailed it on the head and I just I think that most people I'd probably commented about how fantastic fantastic susan sarandon was and if you want also to sorry i'm being a, such a meddler head but um i'm a
3: middler head
2: middler head okay <laughs> cool ben midler. what's yeah. that oh oh ben midler. i'm a middler oh okay yeah. i was like are, are you saying like hitler with an m like i no. don't understand okay i was like that's weird um that would be their ship name mussolini and hitler
3: it would be midler.
2: Mandler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, I mean, I don't know why I had to say that. Anyway, um, okay. If you go online, you look it up. There is a sizzle that she did to sell the movie, and it's basically she used her real mom. Wow. And it's really good, and you can really see it, and it also you see how fantastically – Susan Sarandon captured this woman, and how great Lorraine did writing her. Like it just was really cool. I'm so watch that. Yeah, you Sounds should watch great. it. Medler. I have
3: a mom, and I have sisters,
2: and you write.
3: You know, and I write. So yeah. I, I get it. You live in LA. Yeah.
2: Um. Okay. So, do you have three reasons?
3: Yes. Um. There are three. I've been on the show before, so I'm going to give new reasons. Yeah. Um.
2: I'm recycling. The,
3: number one, I voted this year. And I think that's a civic duty.
2: Absolutely.
3: And it's being responsible. So responsibility, A. Yeah. Um, is this
2: your first year voting?
3: No. Oh, okay. No. I, I voted uh yeah, I voted in like three presidential elections, I
2: think. Okay. Got you.
3: Um, not to age myself.
2: I still do absentee to Massachusetts. I, I don't oh, yeah. know if that's illegal for me to say, but let's just keep it in.
3: Yeah, just if you're listening, that was satire. My, I've joke.
2: thought about it. I've thought about moving to Texas. So I know my vote would, I really want to move to Texas. And I know my vote wouldn't change things. Like it wouldn't make it a blue state all of a sudden. Yeah. But I just feel like it's a, my vote is almost like It's wasted here because yeah. in Massachusetts, it's always going to be a blue state. Very liberal in Massachusetts In California. Same z's, yeah. So it's like my vote. I mean, you know, there are parts of here. it, there are parts of it that are a little bit red for sure, very red. Um, but I just feel like my vote almost barely counts because yeah. it's gonna, it's always about the electoral college anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, which should be dismantled, yeah. Um, anyway,
3: well, number two, uh, my second reason is I was bar mitzvahed at age 13. Nice, so that means, um, my rabbi saw me fit to be a man. You're a man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I memorized a lot of stuff for it. Does the
2: rabbi reject anyone? Is he like, you're not a man yet?
3: Um, I think if you can't read your Torah portion or yeah, if you just don't do all of your studies, then yeah, you can't have a bar mitzvah.
2: It blew my mind going to bar mitzvahs and watching my friends read Hebrew. I was like, how are you doing this? Yeah. Like that is ben- like you're speaking almost fluently and I know you're just reading off a page but um there's so many pronunciation things in Hebrew that are not what they look like on paper They're so wild. it's yeah. yeah
3: You have to memorize like all of these like punctuation is so weird in Hebrew you have to memorize like all of these like note changes and there's like Certain symbols to let you know, like where to sing, and it, it's really it's it's cool,
2: dude. Related to that, look at my tiny statue of Jerusalem. My hairdresser's oh, son lives in Jerusalem. Isn't that cool? She I've went- seen
3: that before, like much bigger. That, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. They they have that at the JCC that I used to work at.
2: So she went. My hairdresser is so cute. She went to Jerusalem to visit her son, and she brought me back a present. I, I just came her.
3: back with a Beastie Boys T-shirt. So,
2: um. From Jerusalem. From Jerusalem, yeah. Why?
3: Uh, because I wanted a Hebrew Beastie Boy shirt. Oh, it says and when it. I
2: went oh, on birthright. Nice. Yeah.
3: So I, it was cool. Um, you did birthright. I did. That's about awesome. Ten years ago.
2: I want to do that. That's fucking awesome. That's another yeah. reason why you're qualified. But I'm yeah. still gonna need a third.
3: Yeah. Um, the third. Um, you know, I watched. I watched all of the Wire, and I think that's more important than a college education to a lot of people. Yeah, Um, you know, I have I have friends—not to brag—but I had friends that went to Ivy League schools. Yeah, and they are more proud that they watched the Wire than say Brown. Yale or Harvard.
2: Well, cuz you have to waste about 24 hours of your life until yeah. it gets good. And like you need and there's there's moments. Like there's great moments. Mm-hmm. I really liked Moments in the Wire. Um I thought that I watched the first season and a half. Um and then we broke up. Um but it was like yeah, not you and I, uh the person yeah. I was watching it with. But like it was it's it's uh phew, you know, it's hard. it's it's hard at first. I um it's so real to me too. Like I think that those things are so real because, you know, it was based, I mean, I guess I I heard um, that the guy who wrote The Wire would actually bring in a lot of Baltimore cops. Yeah, well, he was
3: a reporter first, I think, and worked within the police system. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, P -P amazing. Um, Dude, do you want to just take our calls?
3: Let's take calls. I
2: want more calls than ever.
3: I have advice to give.
5: You do? Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, Malls. So I'm 28 and I live in San Diego. I had a crush on a restaurant owner who's 31 for about a year, but he had always had a girlfriend. I saw him out one night after he'd been single for a few months and we immediately started talking and hanging out. He quickly introduced me to multiple close friends and he told his family about me. He told me he liked me a lot and his actions lined up. He was calling me three times a day, taking me to nice meals, wanting to know everything about me. Although we seemed to be moving fast, I was still moving slowly and he said that he liked that about me. We didn't have sex for three weeks and he respected that. I finally introduced him to my friends and afterward we came back to my house. He said he needed To leave right when things were starting to get heated. Needless to say, I felt rejected, especially because he's told me he has a type and he never has gone for anyone like me before. He called me two hours later and I didn't pick up, but the next morning we talked and he said he stopped by his bar to check on one of his female bartenders, even though that seemed unprofessional to me because we'd been out drinking. He said he'd make it up to me and invited me to his place. He cooked me dinner and we had sex. I noticed he was getting texts from other girls in the middle of the night and I thought that was kind of weird. Also, I know you don't like stupid details, but just let you know, he farted seven times and I totally looked past it, like loud farts. The next day, he was acting weird and he gave me an awkward hug goodbye. I didn't receive any of the three phone calls I normally do until later that night and I was afraid of being hurt. So I told him I didn't know if there was a connection anymore. The next day, we talked about it and we both agreed things were moving too quickly and he uninvited me to Thanksgiving. Later, he texted me saying, I know things are weird, and I need a few days to do me. I'll be busy later, but you can call me tonight if you want. I didn't call him to give him space, and now I don't know what to make of this whole thing. This is the first guy I've really liked in a while, but things just seem weird, and I feel like he's checked out now. Please advise. So,
2: I guess he farted in his sleep. That was a little update, Christina. Had She forgot to say that. By the way, I have to tell this caller, um, wow. You talk very fast. Like I like six seconds in, I or like 30 seconds in, I told Christina, I'm like, stop. I was like, I need to tell you already. I need to listen to this three times. So I'm gonna have a lot of questions. Uh Jason's probably gonna fill that in. And by the way, that farting detail is not the kind of stupid detail I hate. The details that I hate are like when someone's like, she yelled at me about picking out wedding invitations like yeah. that is like and when it, when it's such a small when there's so much other evidence that supports that she's the she in question is
3: yeah a lunatic I want to address the farting real quick because I I think that uh, she said she was 28 and I'm 29 close in age um, but the way she kind of said he farted seven times it was as if it's a understood thing that that means something to all of us like is there something in pop culture or maybe some book that I didn't read that says like if he farts then this
2: Um, I think that the Kind of, well, first of all, it was in his sleep, so the rule doesn't really apply because it's not like he was consciously being ripping one in front yeah. of you. But like, you can't get mad at someone
4: for unconscious farting.
2: No. Um, I, you know, my girlfriend Marissa has been, she's talked about this a lot. She has been with her boyfriend for 10 years. They're getting married, and uh, he has only heard her fart once in the entirety of their relationship. And she wow. was mortified. And like, she was like, I, You know, a lot of women just don't like they I I mean, like I'm like that in relationships. Like I'm never ever like I'll I'll burp. But like there is no way like I don't know what I do. I don't know if I go to the next room. I'm a big denier. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But now there's this precarious situation. No, no, no. That's the thing is that there's a precarious situation because Wags is rotting from the inside, apparently, and he farts constantly. And it's toxic and like i had someone leave my house the other day and they were like by the way just so you know that's not me that's been farting and i'm like oh are you saying that so you're saying that you think it was me i'm like the dog it's the dog he's yeah. like rotting from the inside that's like sad. that old excuse of blame it on the dog yeah. no i'm living it now he yeah. farts 24 7 he'll probably fart i started making his own food um yeah which is good that's helped a lot but i think he might have a chicken allergy and oh. so um yeah that's
3: so sad to be allergic to chickens
2: i mean look he's going to have duck he's going to have turkey he's yeah. still going to get his stuff i'm not making him a vegan dog good. but um <laughs> good um but let's get to your question so <laughs> yeah. when i was um a little bit younger than you when i was like 26 i was set up with a guy who was exactly like this like on our second date he called his mom on Bluetooth in the car and was like, mom, this is Molly. And I was like, hi. And, and like immediately introduced me to his friends. His friends really liked me. They were like, this, this girl's cool. She's funny. Like she's this, this one's good. And like, it was like that sort of thing. We were going to parties together. We were out in public together. It was definitely a thing. Um, and then we just kind of stopped seeing each other. And, um, He very, very quickly got a new girlfriend. And it was weird because I felt like no emotion about it in a way. Like I was kind of over him because um, unlike you, I was really turned off by a lot of this behavior. And, um, you know, especially the introducing you to family really quickly. um, I've been in situations where that was totally cool and I like really liked it. But for the most part, that is a I think that meeting someone's family is a very special thing. Yeah. And I've only brought one boyfriend home from LA ever. And I'm uncomfortable. Like when I'm, I've dated guys, I've gone home with guys before and a couple of them. And I felt guys take girls home much more easily than girls take guys home. And I felt, I said, you know, I remember being in a hotel with one of my boyfriends and saying, like, I thought you said our relationship was very special. And he was like, it is very special. And I said, well, what is very special about me being the fifth girl you brought home? Because that doesn't feel very special. That feels like this is pathological.
3: Yeah. And this is like your routine. Um, Yeah, it's I, I what I felt like listening to that caller is that I think they just, like she said, moved a little fast. And I think it's really tricky early on in relationships because if you're spending a lot of time together early on and, you know, you're intimate in whatever way and you're texting a lot, there is that, like, you can kind of have, like, a shortcut to, like, intimacy.
2: Yeah, and and here's the thing is that waiting three weeks, like, is, okay, cool. But, like that implies to me the only way that that's like, wow, that's impressive. She waited three weeks is if you guys were like going fast and furious, because I like I if if I'm dating a guy, I can probably go out on one date a week with him if it's and if it's and even if it's exclusive, I can go on maybe one date a week. It might take me like two months to sleep with a guy. And so that implies to me if you're like, wow, three weeks, um, that you guys were hanging out all the time. And I had a guy that I dated that we just were, we were hanging out, um, six days a week. And I said, it's hard to improve on six days a week. I said, there's no building anything from there. And I said, so to me, I feel like you and I have to see each other maximum three to four days a week because, we're just together all the time and we don't really know each other. And like, this is the new stage of the relationship. And like, we had already kind of turned into like an old married couple. And like, I remember saying this to him because I had basically said to him, like, I want to go out to a dinner. I want you to dress up. I'm going to dress up. And I want to like, go get a reservation somewhere and go on a dinner. Like, I don't want to eat fast food. Like I don't want to eat at some place with community tables or whatever. I, I want to, go on a fucking date. And yeah. so that's that's another thing too. That
3: reminds me actually of something that stuck out in the call to me. I, I feel like she said, um, instead of saying like they started dating, she said they were hanging out. And yeah. I think that's this new weird thing that is really bad for dating and relationships is when people get together and just start hanging out all the time. Right. And like not going on dates, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I I hate to like name check something so stupid like Netflix and chill, but I think that's like the culture for a lot of people. And it's really like harmful to relationships. And Like you said, building something.
2: And like, let's be real, like Netflix and chill is not exclusive to this current dating climate. It's always been a thing. Like everyone knows since, you know, since I was a kid, since my mom was a kid, come over and watch a movie means we're hooking up.
3: M.O. We're (laughs) going to do it's going to be like. That makeout party at Gia's on Full House.
2: Absolutely. By the way, Jason and I are thinking about starting a Full House podcast. If you guys are interested in that, once Mother May I yeah. sleep with uh once Mother May I sleep with podcast is over, which will be soon. There probably is going to be a season two of it if we get the funding. Um, but um, Jason and I were thinking about doing a little bit of a Full House it would, moment.
3: It would be fun, and I think if that's an idea you like, maybe tweet to us with some words of encouragement or even like a congratulations that you you're about to You know what I'm thinking? This.
2: I've been crowdfunding for Emotionally Broken Psychos and people are like into it. I think that we should crowdfund this so that we're not paying out of pocket for a uh, engineer or sound engineer or whatever. Like we can just, let's see it. Let's see if we can gauge interest that way.
3: It's going to be primo content too because I would say, I mean, Mall's, you know, her sister was on the show. I
2: mean, she's my actual family.
3: and. I am probably the biggest full house I'm fan. Sorry,
2: I don't want to interrupt. I just want to tell you yeah. I don't i I'm I actually get really uncomfortable when people oh, bring my actual I'm family sorry. up. I'm like sorry I about just need some respect there. Yeah. That's a boundary thing for me. I,
3: I get it. And okay, I'm glad you're telling you. me all now. Right, because all right. if we're going into this venture together, I, I don't want to bring her up.
2: <laughs> Cause she's my family. Yeah.
3: And that's, you know, what's it's just untouchable for name. me. Like you yeah.
2: can't even really touch my family. Exactly. So. I would
3: never. <laughs> um but all I was gonna say is that um, I'm the foremost Full House fan, and like I'm like kind of like a wine sommelier of the Full House extended universe. <laughs> you absolutely
2: I like to call it. are. You absolutely yeah. are. I'm looking at a beautiful picture of Steve that you gave me yes. uh, that was signed by the actor who played Steve,
3: Scott Weinger. He yep. I haven't met him yet, but I I worked um, with his wife Rena, who's awesome, and so I got some signed pictures from him. And uh, he seems like a great guy. If you are listening, Rena or Scott, I really, really do want to meet you, Scott. You and- seem like a totally. Super cool, chill dude. Well,
2: maybe if the
0: podcast takes off, he
3: and can be Scott, a
2: guest. And Scott, if things don't work out with Rena, I'm single. I would <laughs> um no. I'm yeah, just, things I am just going I, great with them. Okay, fine. Um I did I bring up your fam a little bit? You seem tense. Little okay, little sorry. Bet. I don't wanna I don't I I need to learn my own lessons and I need to take I just no, I need little to bet. treat people the way I wanna be treated. Thank you. Um okay. So, so does it so, seem
4: like she <laughs> the caller, does it seem like she wants to try to start something here, or is she just trying to parse out like what happened?
3: Well she didn't seem that affected by it emotionally. She was just kind of, I mean maybe that's her stu- you know, maybe um she got excited to be calling and you know just maybe practice it a little bit. Maybe this is just not that big of a deal to her. But I didn't really sense that this was that troubling to her. So I think maybe it was that she's looking for answers. Um Also, like, one of the easy answers is guys are just really stupid sometimes.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm not getting a lot of great things here from him. Like, lots of girls texting him in the middle of the night, showing up to his own restaurant drunk, like there's some things there that it's like, you know, you can make some exceptions. You can also factor in personality. That's a huge thing in this dating climate. And I'm sure maybe San Diego is very similar, but you have, you deal with a lot of intense personalities in LA and, um, personality types. And so, um, you make allowances and yeah. the, like, those are some really big red flags. And I think that. The, especially the come meet my family thing, then uninviting you to Thanksgiving. Other girls are texting. Like, do you think there's a chance he's not bringing another girl to Thanksgiving? Because I don't really think there's a chance yeah. he's not bringing another girl to Thanksgiving. I really, I care about all of my callers and everyone in Please Advise Nation. And I have to tell you, girl, I really don't think this is the guy for you. No, this the like,
3: same Prince Charming. This is just, you know, Prince guy
2: prince dude yeah as yes. he's yeah i mean i don't even want to call him prince anything because because no. prince r.i.p like so good yeah um but no i just i think that you need to uh, unfortunately it may be painful or whatever i wouldn't be surprised if you guys fuck a couple more times like when you're drunk or whatever but um i think you got to move on
3: ditch the loser
2: ditch the loser <laughs> all right let's take the next call
0: hey girl um I am calling with an update from, like, forever ago because I called about Vivian a guy who was on Millionaire Matchmaker. It was not a troll, but after I called, I literally had a freak out because I am such a monster person that I cannot handle that I even, like, had called in and, like, I, I mean, just got emotional, I guess. That's not even emotional, though. I don't know what my deal is. Um, But I was just listening to you guys, and I got emotional just hearing your feedback because I did go out, and I, like, talked to the guy about it. We tried to date for a little while, and then I, like, and we did use condoms, I promise. Anybody who's going to fly a girl out, just, I don't know. I didn't want to know what he was doing when I wasn't there. Um, But, yeah, we tried to date for a little bit, and the whole being devoid of emotions or, like, any like clue of how to give affection I guess definitely was our ultimate downfall and then I met a guy when I was in Colorado and I was just like this guy makes me want to be emotional and we have had a really decent thing Um, I mean it's been messy but that's I'm working through that on my own (laughs) Um, but Yeah, no, it was just really, it hit home to hear you guys talk about it because after I had called in, I had like this giant moment of self-reflection and I just realized that I have had a lot of rejection in my life. My dad left when I was 18, so it was like, I feel like it hit me hard in a crazy way.
2: Okay, first of all, I have to admit that I don't remember this call and I'm going to have Christina Lopez recap it, but... And for some reason, I already feel like I'm on Adderall today, even though I don't take Adderall. But I have to say, that's like some you, girl. You've got intense energy. Like your energy to feel someone's energy through the phone is wow. And yeah. uh, that was some intense. Jay, both Jason and I were like, "I'm I'm nervous. Like, yeah. what is it?" So, Christina, will you remind us who this call was? Who was the guest, et cetera? Yeah. So this
4: calls from episode 96. Um I don't remember who the guest was, but um she was basically she lives in Colorado and she was dating a guy in LA and she found out that he had been a millionaire matchmaker. And the problem in their relationship was that she was not very affectionate right. or like really emotionally available. I remember this. And I think that I think we what we brought up was that it probably be- was because it, he wasn't the right girl. He re- wasn't the right dude for her. Um and so, like, her call got cut off, unfortunately. So we don't really know, ultimately, the question that she was asking. Yeah. But I think we can kind of parse out some advice for
3: her. Ditch the loser. <laughs>
2: um, no, I th- no,
3: that's not my advice. I
2: think it's good that you, you know, you're having a, a nice self-realization. I think that that's really important. Um, I think that, you know, um, I'm I'm proud of you for that. I think that also... Girl, I mean, I don't know if it's meditation or what. Like, you got to harness that energy because it's powerful. Yeah, I,
3: I just took a clonny. Uh,
2: you did? No. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I have some. I want to take one too. Um,
3: Clon clons.
2: Uh, Clon clons. But like, I yeah, Um, I think, you know, I think it's good. I think that it's really good that you're self-aware that you know, this is, has some psychological stuff to it. I hope you're in therapy. I really think everyone should be in therapy. And I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor of the show. Give talk space a crack. Like, I'm not kidding you. I've been thinking about signing up for it myself because I do see, I see two therapists right now. I'm doing hypnotherapy and I'm also doing, um, EMDR, which is like, uh, trauma therapy. Um, but I've been thinking about doing talk space because there's a lot of times where it's like, I just need to work through something with someone. And I think that this might be for you, like, especially if you're starting to have these realizations and you realize that this exists inside of you. um, It's time. If you don't if you don't talk about it and do work on it, it's going it's never going to get that much better. You're going to be aware of it, but um, being aware and putting things into practice are two very different things. So. Yeah.
4: yeah, I'm going to say there's something really big about talking something out loud. You're yeah. never going to be able to really fully parse something out in your mind. Yes. Um and like i've had a lot of realizations lately just f- and they've come out of just talking out loud with people Absolutely. instead of just having it bubbling inside my head.
3: Yeah.
2: Are you in therapy? No,
4: um just like friends talking yeah. to with friends and stuff. You can like talk that. to me. Yes, do you talk I know. to me? Yes, i do. Okay, all right.
2: <laughs> I don't know. You know what
4: i'm talking about but i'm being made Christine about. It on the a show. silent warrior. Um <laughs> I but like yeah, when people but suffer I do, in silence. I do <laughs> want to go into therapy. It's just a matter of budgeting it out and stuff too. Um, so I feel like people's pain who can't really um, be able to afford the help that they need. But
2: um, you know. Did you hear Jason say I like it when people suffer in silence?
3: <laughs> I do. I think it's dignified.
2: You're crazy. No, I'm kidding.
3: I'm kidding. ia lot of time – I'm not currently in therapy but I am a big – advocate of it i want a nice therapist um but i i often when i'm not like talking through issues with my friends i often just start writing and Mm -hmm. just in a notebook and a lot of times if you're really just going after it that way you can get to the heart of the issue faster than just thinking
2: about it in your head too and I find that free writing can be a little bit daunting for people. And so I want to talk about this thing that I got. It's called The Artist's Way, I think. Uh, and it's... I haven't started doing it yet. I think that's it right there. Um, but my friend Laura did this. And she told me about it. And it's called um, The Artist's Way. And I don't think you need to be a, an artist to do this. But it it basically is a course in, in free writing. And you have a diary and you write three pages every day when you wake up and it just like it's good for the brain it's good like you know when you first wake up you have so much clarity um you feel like a new person and also you're still but like at the same time you still are kind of half asleep so like a lot of real shit is coming out during that time to
3: a different part of your brain possibly and just not really having all the all the walls up that you get you know when you drink coffee or when you know when you're just starting your day and really guarding yourself up
2: and it's a creative energy it provides a creative energy like a pulse kind of in your life that's this good a good start to the day yeah. um
3: I want to say something out loud just so I can be held accountable I was doing I was doing guided meditation for a while I got a nap called uh headspace uh-huh. and i just stopped doing it so oh, i okay. want to do it again okay so would you, know, you
2: like would you like to do like a weekly accountability call
3: that would be great if somebody would just tweet at me i'll do it thank you
2: okay well yeah, yeah but someone can tweet at you too just say
3: just like a a, a little pep just hey you can do it jc J oh, Go
2: jd shapiro
3: at jd shapiro yeah just say go for it Shapipi stuff like that.
2: Okay, cool. I think you're gonna get a lot of that. I we get so. calls, people who are just like, "Hey, I just went to call and say I love Jason Shapiro. Bye." Um, people love you.
3: Thank you. I yeah. love them. Um, you love people. I love people. I love. <laughs> well, first of all, I love my fans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love my fans too. My fans, army.
3: My fans are. Uh, they actually live together. My two fans live together in Minnesota there. <laughs> Mary Jane and Skip Shapiro.
2: So um, I, I what do you, my fans. What's your fan base called?
3: Uh, yeah, I think the PP Heads. pee Heads. That's yeah. very good. Yeah.
2: That's really good.
3: I got two. My, yeah. My parents are big time <laughs> PP Heads and they're, they're Shapiros themselves.
2: All right. Let's take our next call. Thanks again to Create for supporting this week's episode of Please Advise. Girls, guys, I know you're out there wondering what the hell am I supposed to do for the geek slash gamer in my life. I like to listen to an advice podcast and then sometimes talk about my feelings and reality TV. I know I'd be at a loss, too. That's why I'm single. Seriously, just to avoid situations like this. But right now, look here, you're in a relationship with a gamer and you need to do something. And that's why I recommend Loot Crate's. Every month, there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can get only with Loot Crate. And this month's theme is Revolution. Fight the power with December's crate, featuring items from Assassin's Creed, Mr. Robot, Firefly, and more. You've got until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. But when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Make sure you go to www.lootcrate.com malls. That's www.l-o-o-t-c-r-a-t-e slash M-O-L-L-S to save $2 on any new subscription today.
6: I think I have to deal with this problem in the next 12 hours, so y'all can't help me. But this is a an update on something I emailed you guys a year ago. A year ago, I stopped talking to this girl who'd been a friend of mine because she's just like toxic and narcissistic and like show signs of borderline personality disorder like quite genuinely. I don't say that. Like it's a funny thing. Like I genuinely think she does, and so does her mother. And um, she tried to contact me twice this year, and I never answered. And last night she sent me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, a dozen text messages. She called my phone at midnight and left a message. She messaged. Uh, she messaged me on Tumblr. She sent me an email, and she promised that she would keep trying to contact me and anyone who knows me for years to come. Um, and in all of these messages, at no point did she, like, genuinely apologize or demonstrate empathy or compassion or just do anything a normal person should do. So I think I'm going to have to just block her on everything or just call her to, like, blow up her life by screaming at her and then block her on everything and maybe get, like, I don't know, like a restraining order or something. I don't know. This just seems like the kind of bullshit y'all could really just, like, unwind for a long time. And I can give you more details if you want it. It's just, oh, boy, I'm dealing with an emotionally broken psycho. Go listen to Mall's other podcast called Emotionally Broken Psychos. Bye, y'all.
2: Okay, first of all, thank you for plugging my podcast for me. I love that. That's Maul's Army always comes out. I mean, I'm just so proud of them. Peepee heads, too. We're
3: loud and proud. Do you think he's
2: a peepee head?
3: Uh I don't think he is. He will be though. Yeah. After total, this app he'll total be a pee-pee major, pee-pee he'll be the third ppe head.
2: I'm going to be honest. <laughs> with you. I'm going to be honest with you. It's you're not going to get a rest- you will not be granted a restraining order for this. Restraining orders are very very serious and they take and they do not hand them out lightly. There are so many things that go along with uh, restraining orders that um just in terms of viol- like things you can't do for 3 years um after one has been put on you that they're really uh judicious about how they give them out um look i think that you absolutely need to block her i think that you should read this book um it's come to my attention that there's a couple people in my life um, that commonly that other people have brought to my attention, actually, that they are borderline. And it's the most toxic, confusing relationship in the world. Um, and I understand what you mean. I know, you know, for those of you who don't know, borderline personality disorder is a fairly new term, it's a fairly new diagnosis. It's also one of the most difficult mental illnesses to diagnose. And it's also, very, very difficult to treat. I read one um, thing about it that I read this book. It's, it's that's fantastic. Um, it's called "I Hate You, Don't Leave Me," and it's basically um, you know, borderlines have a severe fear, fear of an irrational fear of abandonment, um, but all of their behavior drives them to be abandoned um, and you know, they have issues with substance, they have issues with food. Um, they, it's just, it's, it's really intense. Um, you know, and I, you know, sometimes I wonder myself, I'm like, am I partially borderline? Like I have a lot of that shit going on, but, um, I don't think I do because I know people who actually have it and that's, and I'm not like them. Um, but hate, I hate you. Don't leave me Is a book you should read. Um, Yeah, I think that you maybe send her an email and just say, respectfully, I need to take care of myself and I can't speak to you, so I'm going to block you on... I'm going to block communication from you.
3: Yeah, I think my quick advice is... Yeah, I I can imagine this kind of behavior is, is scary and it's not something that you want to deal with, especially for years to come. Um, and it, it sounds like you you are doing this, but my advice is just to approach the problem with as much compassion as you can. And I think Moll's made a good point of an email. I think because, you know, this woman is clearly going through something. You yeah. Know, and not letting her off the hook at all. That's, you know, that's not, that's not, Acceptable behavior. At a
2: certain point, you have to take care of yourself.
3: Exactly. But I would just I think you'll feel better and it will be a better response in the long run if you can approach it with as much compassion as possible.
2: Absolutely, sweetheart. And like seriously, just like say that in the emails. Say, like, I know you're going through a tough time. I have to take care of myself. I always put the onus on me when I have to do this sort of thing. Because in reality, it is. It's my opinion that I can't handle this. And maybe I can. Maybe that person can handle it. For me, I know it's of my opinion that I can't handle this. So put the onus on yourself. And then, um, you know, uh, more than that, wait, what did I want to say? Sorry, my non-Adderall brain is so ADD. I forgot what I was going to say. Um. It was something that you said, borderline. Oh, 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 oh. one thing that I wanted to say was that this doesn't remind me of or seem to me like a friendship relationship, which is another reason why I think you are correct with her diagnosis. Um, And I hate you don't leave me. They say that um, psychologists are very, very hesitant to treat people with borderline. It's considered to be the one that they pass on the most outside of schizophrenia, a lot of a lot of people have a boundary about that for some reason that is very difficult for them. And I know that people have um, written into us because I remember Psychic Chris Medina said on the show that he doesn't do um, readings with people who are bipolar, schizophrenic because the energy is too intense. And I, I, and I want to say that I don't have any problem with people who have those illnesses. In fact, I have great compassion for them because I suffer from pretty severe depression. I've had eating disorders. I've been sexually assaulted. Like I, I have great compassion for that. Um, and so I, I just want to say that like she's tree I have treated like a boyfriend like that. Like after a bad relationship breakup, I'm like, I am going to call you and I am going to call you until you fucking answer and give me some answers. And I'm going to go through back channels and I'm going to try and find a way to get to you because you can't ignore me, motherfucker. We were in a relationship. Um, She's treating you like a boyfriend. Um, And that's a really unhealthy behavior. And I wouldn't say that it's healthy to do it in a relationship either, but it's semi warranted. Um, It's explainable. It's understandable. At least Um, it's not understandable at all that she is doing this to you.
3: She's gone through something hard and it is probably best to just get out of the situation as fast as you can, like you said, and just do it in a way that you would look back on and be, you know, okay with.
2: And borderlines are, are notorious for alienating people in their lives and then realizing that they're alone and then wanting to go back and like say well there's probably still some juice in this person Um, and so that's why I think in the email you just have to really really lay down this is for my mental health I have to take care of me I love you I loved you as a friend for years but I can't do this anymore and you know yeah she might not take it well but I I think that a lot of times especially with people with borderline the threats are empty um, she's not really going to come show up to your place. She's not going to do anything to you physical. She probably at a certain point has too much pride to really like get into it by calling your family or your other friends. These are just threats that are used to manipulate you and you need to know that you're probably safer than you think. Of course, I do want to say just out of like love for you, if you ever are faced with her, do not hesitate to call 911. Do not hesitate to call the police because they will get there faster. And the police are the best people to call in this sort of situation because they they come the fastest and they are familiar with mental health. And um, this is something that I heard recently is that if you are in a, in a crisis situation with um, someone who is dealing with a mental health problem always call 911 even if it doesn't seem like they're going to get violent because the police have back they have channels for this and they can respond to the scene and remove the person and and send them on their merry way or get them into treatment so um sorry to get so like serious um normally we just joke around but um
3: yeah i oh i just wanted to say real quick two things Malls. i appreciate that you kind of explain borderline personality and how hard it is to diagnose because I think people throw it around so much. Like people, a waiter will look at someone wrong and they will be like, they have borderline personality.
2: Yeah. And by the way, like I always hate, I always hate this because it's so damaging to a person. I don't like that. Women are always called crazy. Um, when a woman does something weird, she's called crazy. Um, For in LA, especially, it's a trend. There was a really long time where everyone was a narcissist. Then there was a really long time where everyone had Asperger's. Mm -hmm. Then there was a really long time where everyone was a certified sociopath. And now I think people are onto borderline. Yeah. And it's difficult because I try to be conscious of that on emotionally broken psychos, in, in that, you know, I want to give a more varied. Armchair diagnosis of what the situation is and what psychological factors are coming into play for the people that we're watching. But, um, you know, a lot of times the way things are edited, the, the few things you see, the way that someone comes across on social media, it does seem narcissistic. It does seem a little um, sociopathic. It does seem like, you know, borderline. Uh, and so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, um, it's really, really hard to diagnose. I I wish I had the book in front of me because I had so many. There's so many good stats in there. I gave it to my friend the other day.
3: The other thing, I just, I not making any light of this call, just to like lighten the mood a bit. I, I was, I thought of a joke when you were talking about the police department. Uh-huh. It, it's a joke for a, a self-deprecating guy. He would say, <laughs> um, "I I do sex like the police department comes the fastest and familiar <laughs> with mental health." <laughs> So it's a self-deprecating guy comes
2: the fastest. Yes,
3: I do my sex like the police department.
2: Mental health. What's the mental health part? It's like just a fun. Yeah, (laughs) it's like I like my coffee. Like I like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: (laughs) I do my sex like I do, uh, or like I do my sex like the police department. That would be the start (laughs) of the joke.
2: All right. Let's take our next call. I love you, Jason. Okay, so I pulled a fucking sickening prank on Jason. Yeah. I never I'm not a prankster. I'm not Ashton Kutcher, not pretending to be. But I will tell you that I pulled an absolutely sickening prank on Jason. It was election night. Um I was up late drinking with some friends, doing some self-destructive behavioral things and I decided that Jason needed to get pranked. So Christina's going to play the prank phone. <laughs>
7: hey, Jason. It's Miles. Um, Look, I didn't know who else to call, but um, this is really embarrassing. And I need you to keep this between us. Like, um, I got arrested. I had to pee really bad at the bar tonight, and I snuck into the hallway. And I thought that it wouldn't be that big of a deal and I peed on the floor in the hallway because it smelled like pee anyway. So I was like, okay, it's an established pee smell. And I got fucking arrested and I'm at the Beverly Hills Police Station and I need you to pick me up. And, um, like, this is my one call, dude. Like, I they said one call, I was like, if one person will understand, like, I just had to take a whiz, dude. like, you have sisters, like, you get it. Like, you have to pee, you have to pee. And your options are limited as a female. So, um, get me back. You probably won't get me. I'll probably get, like, an officer. Um, you can call the station if you want. But I would just recommend texting me first. And, um, I'm freaking out, man. I just, like, wish I could watch Full House in here. And I love you. All right, bye.
2: And I also should note that I left this message at like three in the morning. What yes. a sickening prank!
3: So I this was the night after election night. I had a uh, a a gig to get to the next morning very early. Had to be and on I set. knew that
2: too. Yeah, had to be
3: on set at seven. And so I woke up at about five at, with this missed call. And you know it was like right when I woke up, and the Trump <laughs> presidency was just sinking in. And I listened to this message on my phone and my first thought was oh no like I really felt for you and then I was like how am I going to pick her up in Beverly Hills and get to set by seven like I'm her one call and then I was like wait don't flatter yourself (laughs) I would not be your one call so I was flattering myself a little too much And then I was like, wait, why would she be at the Beverly Hills Police Department? Is there a bar around Beverly Hills? Logistically, it wasn't all lined up. Polo lounge. It wasn't really
2: true. I got arrested. I pissed in the polo lounge hallway.
3: (laughs) And then so what I did was at five, I just, I called Malls, And she was definitely asleep and she answered and she just goes, it was a joke.
2: (laughs) I pranked (laughs) you and I hung up. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it was. And then I felt better. Um, But yeah, it was a good, like you really got me.
2: I'm sorry, I have to say I'm a really good actress. I'm very yeah. creative. Ryan did give me some acting notes at the end of it. Um he said like I should have had more shame or something in my voice. I forget exactly what his acting note was. But um I think I'm going to pursue a career in acting now. Please. Because yeah. I'm very good. VO.
3: At- I mean, certainly like I think you are a great actress, but like certainly that's that's <laughs> a reel right there for VO.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. Yeah.
3: I actually have a friend who works in VO, so Oh. We'll figure it out off my peepy heads. Yep.
2: Um, but this is what I have to say for real, is that I love you. I'm sorry I did that to you. It felt wrong, but I knew you were the perfect person to do it to. Thank you.
3: You got me. Yeah. I got you
2: good, girl.
3: Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, it feels good to be pranked sometimes because you really get to be seen. And then, you know, you're like, wow, this person, this person took the time to call me and prank me. And it's a (laughs) nice, it makes you feel, it makes you feel liked.
2: Irony of it. I hate April Fool's Day. Yeah. I think it's It's the rudest day. It's the rudest day of the year. Why would you torture people nonstop for an entire day? It seems like antiquated to me. It's
3: the day that they're like, hey, um, you're not a comedian, but do you want to try to be funny for a full day?
2: Do you want to do awful shit to people and have the excuse of being like, no, 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 it's the day.
3: Yeah. It's the day. I'm just going to, next April Fool's Day, I'm just going to walk around... With a shirt that just says, do not trigger me.
2: Oh, yeah. and very And just kind of put
3: that spin on it and yeah. put it on the mental health side. Because
2: I – I, it's like I yeah. traumatized you. Yeah.
3: Do not trigger me. And I think that would actually be a good catchphrase for, if, for our Full House podcast. Yeah. If my catchphrase is, do not trigger me.
2: Do not trigger me. Yeah. yeah. We should both have catchphrases. We have to come yeah. up with catchphrases. Awesome. How rude! Yeah, you got it, dude. Holy uh,
3: chalupa! That's oh the one my on Fuller Atlanta. House.
2: Yeah, uh,
3: you got it, dude. Have
2: mercy! Cut uh,
3: it out!
2: Cut it out! Um, what I'm else? I'm
3: sweeping.
4: Did Danny Tanner not have a catchphrase?
3: I just tried to make one up, and it's I'm, I'm
4: sweeping.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that could have been like the yeah. catchphrases were like pretty good, Danny, but like and so DJ stupid.
4: didn't have one either.
3: Um no, not really.
2: Who? Danny DJ had um Oh my Lanta.
3: Yeah, oh, she said? Yeah. yeah, she did say it. It was like kind of more early on, but uh
2: But like once like after she had her first kiss, she was yeah. like, "Oh my Lanta." Totally. And then she's brought it back on Fuller House.
3: Yeah, and that one's strange. It's like my my Lanta?
2: My doctor like, she's said to my Lanta. Like, well, do you remember like my doctor said my Lanta like that ad like Oh, oh my Atlanta. Got it. And instead of, oh, my God, because like also it's Candace Cameron. Like she probably wasn't allowed to say, oh, my God.
3: Yeah. She doesn't
2: believe in interracial marriage. So I don't
3: even like, you know, whether you believe in God or not, don't say, oh, my God. Say, oh, oh, God.
2: Oh, my Jesus. Yeah. No.
3: Just like because that's claiming, you know, it's not your your God. God, yeah. Yeah. It's everyone's God. Yeah. Oh, God. Or, oh, our God.
2: Oh, our God is really good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God is a very selfish sentiment. Yeah, it's
3: self-centered.
2: Self-centered. But I would say that, look, it was election night. I probably, the <laughs> reality of it is, is it all lined up. And this will be a lesson. I'm, now I'm giving you advice about pranking the way I gave you advice about Tinder when I've only been on it for three weeks. It was one prank I have pulled in <laughs> my life. And I'm going to tell you how to pull the perfect prank. You got to be realistic about that lie. Like.
3: And People, have detail. You had so many good details. You're, I
2: love the nightlife. Yeah. Okay. People know that about me. True. Mm-hmm. Um. I can be impulsive. People know that about me. True. Um. It's not. I mean, I would never piss in a hallway on purpose and not yeah. think it was a big deal, but it's not with out. Like it's in the realm of possibility. To an extent. I
3: believed it for a second.
2: Yeah, yeah. I would have believed that. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have never done that to you. Like, I just know that. Like, first of all, I kind of feel like if I had one phone call and I was in jail, Christina wouldn't come get me because she'd be like, "You she did some stupid lesson. shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. you need to learn your fucking lesson." Yeah, I, I wouldn't call you. I call like I'd call Ed like call someone Ed, yeah. who's terrified of jail. Yeah, and 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 th- he'd come and break me out because he'd be like, "Oh my god, um, um, peepee
3: heads!" I want to hear from you though. Tell me what you would do.
2: What would you do? Yeah. But it was really sweet because when I answered the phone the next day, I was like, Hello. Oh, and you were like, Molly? That's all you see. Yeah.
3: Well, because I thought I was gonna get like officer, like <laughs> Officer Johnson, who was gonna be like, Yeah, she's she's just resting right now, but we've been having a great time with her. And uh, we've been playing cards with her all night. When you, Don't pick her up, yeah.
2: Theophilus uh um, London Theophilus London. When he got arrested in New York, the cops took selfies with him. Who is he? Uh, he's an artist. Like oh, Solange okay. blows gotcha. him up a lot, gotcha. and like he's a he's a musical artist. I'm oh, a big fan of his. A,
3: oh, I just forgot. I knew that
2: Theophilus. I can't say his name right now. I was having a hard time saying Scientology the other day because it was like it doesn't sound right anymore. Like I, I wouldn't say it's like scienceology, but like it's. Scientology just felt weird yeah. to me And then that also kind of drove home to me That like what's a tology
3: Well yeah and well Theopolis <laughs> I was just thinking about that sounds like a religious city Yeah a Theopolis Yeah it's a city of religion
2: A Theopolis yeah that's yeah. actually A good it's like a metropolis But there's a spiritual vibe mm-hmm. Love that okay
3: I'm a wordsmith
2: Let's take our <laughs> uh, Let's take our next call <laughs>
3: Hey malls, hey
1: Christina, hey guest. So I'm calling as sort of a response um, about the last episode and as a sort of prelude into whatever people want to share about their wellness routines on this episode. And I wanted to just comment on holistic medicine and mental illness. Mental illness being something that I have personally dealt with in my life and holistic medicine being something that I've found myself to not be a huge believer on simply because it hasn't worked for me, Um, but I think that my view on it has changed. And I think it's changed partly because of a TED talk that I watched given by Andrew Solomon titled, Depression, The Secret We Share, and I just wanted to um, read a part of the transcript As a sort of, I guess, uh, argument into being open minded about holistic medicine, in case there are others um, like me who listen to the pod. So here it goes. I'd started off as a medical conservative. I thought there were a few kinds of therapy that worked, it was clear what they were there was medication, there were certain psychotherapies, there was possibly electroconvulsive treatment and that everything else was nonsense. But then I discovered something. If you have brain cancer, and you say that standing on your head for 20 minutes every morning makes you feel better, it may make you feel better, but you still have brain cancer, and you'll still probably die from it. But if you say that you have depression, and standing on your head for 20 minutes every day makes you feel better, then it's worked. Because depression is an illness of how you feel, and if you feel better, then you are effectively not depressed anymore. So I became much more tolerant of the vast world of alternative treatments. So that was it. And I hope you guys have a great pod. Bye.
2: I have to say, I'm a little bit in love with you right now. Um, Christina said at the end of the message, she said to me, I just, that's it. I just thought it was really beautiful. And I completely agree. It, that is a beautiful, thank you so much for that beautiful, well-informed interesting call. I think everyone should watch that Ted talk out there that deals with depression. And I think this has been the mental health episode of, uh, of late for please advise, <laughs> no, um, we have one every quarter, but I will say this. Um, I personally do not believe in holistic medication s- curing depression. Um, holistic medicine does not fix in my experience, chemical imbalance. And I am not a fan of someone getting on drugs because they had a sad day. But, you know, I've had depression since I i mean, the first time I was in a bout of depression, I was seven years old. And so it is very obvious to me that this is something that it's like there's you know, there's just my levels are off. And um, I really suggest that you um, anyone out there, you should pick up Laura Miller's um, Raw Vegan, Not Gross, her cookbook, because as much as it's about raw vegan recipes, which, by the way, is just great. Um, and they're easy. They're not as hard as you would think. Um, she does. The book really centers around mental health. And Laura is very honest. You should watch her series Talking in Circles. But she's someone that's a very healthy person that also deals with depression and anxiety. Um, and I really, really I really am so appreciative of this call because I agree. And like, look, there are certain things that brain cancer, absolutely. Like, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, dicked around for a long time in the holistic medicine space. Um, My grandfather did too, but on the same time, at the same time. And so, but, but my grandfather, you know, we were told that he was going to die in probably six months for 15 years. And my grandfather had this, like, miraculous ability to tailor his diet, like, antioxidants. Like, he started to really, he was just so well-researched on that sort of thing. And he lived 15 years longer than he was supposed to. I can't imagine what my life would have been if he had passed um, earlier. And um, I really, you know, I encourage you to get a good psychopharmacologist and to ask your friends who are on meds. Say I want a doctor that's not going to put me on shit for the sake of it. I also I have a I have a thing when you start seeing a new psychopharmacologist. I really love the one I'm seeing right now, and the reason why is because he's the first psychopharmacologist I've ever gone to that doesn't want to put his stank on it. Like there's a lot of people that are like, you come in, you're like, okay, I've been on the same combination of drugs for years. I take quinzapine to sleep. I take um, uh. Wellbutrin for depression or or well being, and I take um, I take half a clonopin every day, and that really like evens me out. And um, I it's weird because like that's also goes to show my anxiety is that like half a clonopin needs to be there. I've I'm vibrating at a very high frequency of nerves. I will say when I was very into Chinese herbs, it really helped a lot with a lot of things. I think holistic medicine is very good for energetic things. I think it's good for decreasing pain. I think it's good for um, a lot of things. But I definitely would say if you're dealing with depression, do not be afraid to go get medicine and do not be afraid to try it out for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months and then say, this isn't working for me. Um,
3: what I was just going to say real quick, the only thing I thought that was a really great call and, uh, you know, appreciated hearing that. I think the one thing that it left out a little bit is the, uh, physical side to depression too, that, you know, it's not all about, you know, how you, if being happy or sad, you know, how right. you feel emotionally, there's really, there is a big physical element to a lot of people and, um, so
2: Seroquel ruined my life. I will say that is that it didn't ruin my life forever, but like I sat on my couch for seven months. I couldn't, you know, that was the famous infamous breakdown that I had where I was pacing in my living room and I called Christina and I just, or I typed to Christina help me in all caps because I knew something was wrong with me, but I didn't know what it was. And I, I, all I knew was that that scared me and that I needed to call. I needed to ask for help. And, you know, Christina did help me. It turns out that I had taken four times my my suggested diagnosis or my suggested amount by accident because I was just, I it was like, oh, I'll do, it's the same as my other pills where it's like I take one and a half or three or something and I had taken four times my recommended amount. Um, but even once I it had evened out, um, it was a really bad medication for me to be on and I did not move from my couch for seven months. And I'm not saying Chinese herbs would have fixed that, but I will say that it left me, it's already hard to get out of bed when you're dealing with depression. Um, and when you add on to that, you're on the wrong medicine, dude. Like what what like physical effects are you talking about?
3: Um I I think the Limp uh, dicks? F- well fatigue. Oh. No, like fatigue and um a lot of times like there's, you know, from what I've heard and you know people certain people in my life that have dealt with depression, it, there's there can be full body aching, yeah. you know, aches and pains, headaches and so yeah, I think it's just um I think if you can deal with anything holistically, great. But I'm kind of with you that, it, you know, I don't think either way should be stigmatized.
2: I think it's all about the combo platter. Yeah. You know, in life, combo platter. Well, that was episode 114 of 115 of Please Advise. You guys, thank Ooh. you so much for listening. Um, thank you for all your beautiful, heartfelt, interesting calls today. You guys, the lines are always open. Three, two, three, four four, five, wait, three, two, three. Oh my God. Why can't it? four, five, zero, seven, four, zero, eight, four, five, zero, seven, four, zero, eight, three, two, three, four, five, zero, seven, four, zero, eight. And I want you to know, do not snap me and ask if you should at when's a good time to ask a question or should you ask a question? This show does not function without your phone calls. It doesn't. Cause like w- then we don't have any advice to give. So if you even have a sneaking suspicion that we might be helpful to you or you'd like to hear our take or you want us to roast you or whatever it is, call the fucking show. 323-450-7408. Also, email advise at gmail.com One thing I love that you do is when you record a voice memo on your iPhone and send that in, it gives us the best audio quality, or you can send us a letter, hopefully, uh, that has some brevity to it. Um, All of this said, you guys are amazing. Jason, where can people find you on social media?
3: Um, Well, first, I just wanted to say thanks, Malls. Thanks, Christina. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I love being here. Um,
2: I don't see enough of you.
3: I know. Let's...
4: The let's, fourth and fifth peepee heads right in this room. Yeah, let's I'm get a that pod head.
3: going. Um, you can find me on the web at JD Shapiro on Twitter, at Los Fieles Daycare on Twitter, at JD Shapiro on Instagram, Jso Shapiro on Snapchat. My personal email is Jason David Shapiro at me dot com. I want to hear from the peepee heads. I want to get to know you.
2: You want to talk to the peepee heads? Yeah, I, I get love to know that. You. Yeah. you should set up a Google Voice too. I'll, I'll that do it. That people just like call you and yeah. leave you messages. You can call them back if you want.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna actually do a please advise spinoff that I'm not actually putting on the web. It's just in my life.
2: You can meet the love of your life through through the this. pod yeah oh i love that yeah
3: all right peepers and we call them peepers sometimes oh, peepers
2: too. oh my god this is so good i love you so much i love, love everyone you, listening i love wagon stuff i am obsessed and and so adore christina lopez who's <laughs> my rock and um you know psychic chris medina said something to me about you um after when we were going to kanye he said to me Christina is such an important friend for you because she cares so much about your well-being and she's looks out for you and it's true like oh my god I'm gonna cry again I cried a, a last episode I cried about the fucking Muppets and now I'm gonna cry about I just love you so much and thank you for everything you guys tis the fucking season tell the people you love that you love them and be great and um I don't know if we're gonna have an episode um. Over there probably is going to be another missed episode over the break. I apologize about that. What I'm going to do is record mini eps for you. And uh, hopefully that will shade in some shit. Love you guys. Have a great week. Kisses.